Welcome to What's Happening. Brian, what is happening? Man, not a lot these days other than coming to hang out with you. What's happening, Mac? It's so good to see you, man. It's been a while, it's, man. It's It's been like two months of Sundays, it, it, it feels has, like. It has, it has. But we've, we've been busy. We've had, we've had, I don't even want to call them excuses. No. Reasons for not being here. 100%. Uh, work has taken you and Whew. me all over the, the, man. the globe. You more so than me, but but yeah, <laughs> you all over the uh, me all over Northeast Mississippi, hundred percent. Sure. You know, you a funny story. You called me one night, and you'll remember this right after you got the full time you know gig. Oh you yeah, 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 And you said, "Man, where is Bellevue Cemetery?" Because <laughs> I, I know you know everywhere in Takapola and Thaxton, being the self proclaimed mayor, and I I could not help you. I was like, "Man, I'm I'm sorry." I I really have ridden all those roads, and I don't know where it's at, and you found it. There's not many people in this world that can say if I had a nickel when I couldn't find a country cemetery, but I'm now one of those people. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. But I do remember that, man. That was the scaredest I've been in a long time. It's Bridgeport. There were no lights. It was yeah. on Highway 6, yeah. you know, so there's like, there no lights. And I'm like, I had my old assistant coach, Justin Jensen, from Pontotoc. I was like, hey, man, you want to come ride with me and set up a tent? He's like, you need help? I was like, not really, but <laughs> I want to I want to die on Highway Six trying to put up a funeral tent tonight. <laughs> but anyway, we found it. Yeah, I mean, I've always said that if anybody would put a uh, a really really nice gas station out there with a subway in the gas station, mm-hmm. I really think that the, the area would boom because they've already got a Dollar General, which is killing it's it. My killing dad. it. It's killing it. Y'all talking about uh, raiding Area Fifty One? Let me tell you something. The real weirdos are at the Dollar General in Thaxton. Hundred percent. I mean, that's a fact. Dude, I got a, a sidebar real quick. Oh, as far as gas stations are concerned, I thought you were going to ask me about Area Fifty One. Well, I want to ask you about, about that gas, later we'll talk too. About that later, give me the gas. But station. the gas station thing. This is something that weighs heavy on my heart. Are you an Arby's guy? Be honest. Okay. I'll say yes and no. Brian. And here's why. I don't really care for their food, but I love their curly fries. Their curly fries dipped in the honey mustard from their chicken tenders is a really, really low-key great item. So, yes, I am an Arby's guy. I but you're to, not like a beef and cheddar guy. No, I'm never. I'm not a hot ham and cheese kind of guy, not a beef and cheddar. Dude, not, no, we, not. we stopped on the way back from uh, Louisiana. We went to Gonzalez for mm-hmm. baseball. And we stopped at a pilot. You know, pilot, anytime you're on a long road trip, you always look for pilot, Travel USA, Buckies. loves, <laughs> flicks, and lots <laughs> My eyes are bad. But I saw the one with the Arby's, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm getting the beef and cheddar and curly fries. And my entire van and the other van's like, dude, Arby's, really? And I'm just like, dude, I love this. I, I don't like, like, if there's something that you liked, that I didn't, I wouldn't be like, Brian, you're a horrible human being right. for eating there. But that's what that's a treatment I got. It's a generational thing. I because so. our, our parents took us to eat at Arby's because at the time that was expensive, good fast food. Exactly. It really was. You know, like back you get in, a market fresh sandwich at Arby's. Yeah, and you know, and I remember, you know, when, when I was younger living just outside of Knoxville, we would, my mom worked downtown and we lived out near Sevierville. So we were taking Chapman Highway home. There's a yeah. the Arby's with the really cool. Oh, dude, I love the, that the, the Arby's, lit up man. Hat. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. The 10-gallon hat lit it's up. It's like that. the original Arby's. It is. So we would That's stop so cool. there once a week. And my mom, of course, get like a hot ham and cheese or a roast beef. And she'd be like, what do you want? And I'm like, curly fries. Curly fries. <laughs> That's what it was. Shout out to our friends at Arby's. Yeah, that and the original Cancun Mexican restaurant were both right down the street from each other. Oh, yeah. man. 
they had a mariachi band that used to always come around, nice. and I know they hated me because I would always request Margaritaville <laughs> every week. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's what I would always do. But no, man. Uh, you know, I, I've been all over, <laughs> and you've been you all. Have. And I went to Sacramento for a little bit. Went to California. Went to a uh, Giants Cardinals game. You know, uh, got to do some some stuff on you know on my own out that way. My friend Kyle Mackins went. Um, it was good. You know, uh, seeing sights, Golden Gate Bridge, those things are kind of majestic. Is that breathtaking? It is. And we took a we took a back road to get to it, and took a back road to the yeah Golden so let Gate me tell you I, I gotta tell you funny story um so man it almost it almost it almost ruined the day uh it's a funny thing i happened so we were there and it was like one of those things i've seen it before and my friend chad who we went to visit with lives out there he sees it all the time kyle had never seen it before and we're like kyle do you want to go check it out and he was like sure and then we said the next question is do you want to just drive across it or do you want to get out and check it out and we both kind of said, look, man, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, so we don't mind going and checking it out. So, of course, Kyle's like, man, let's go let's go park. So we go, we take a right to take this little outlet road to get to the parking area where you can observe. And when we take the right, there's a sign that says detour. So, like, we can't get 200 yards to where we need to get to. You like, didn't I, swim, did you? No, but it took a, made us take a right. And we went seven miles Seven and we couldn't turn around because it was a one way road. Oh, like everything's a one way road in San bumper Francisco. Bumper to bumper traffic, a beautiful day, and we went seven miles, and it took us an hour and a half. Oh my god! Only to get where we were. Like we made a loop, and like it just led us back out. Like y'all followed a, like a Google Map or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we were That's just following everybody else, and yeah. couldn't get around. But anyway, we came in a back way, and I got to see the Golden Gate Bridge from like not driving across it. And to answer your question, it is beautiful. That's it, it, you could see Alcatraz. Yeah. I mean, it was really neat. The skyline of San Francisco oh, in the background. Dude, I think of the rock. I know, man. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, all those things you think about are cool. I mean, I mean, it's uh, yeah. It's I think of movies like The Fan. I just you think of I mean? the rock. You think of the rock. Yeah. <laughs> I think of John Connery looking at your best. Losers always whine about their best. <laughs> oh, another tragic day in the yeah. cinema history of yeah. Nicolas Cage. Absolutely. But <laughs> yeah, but I, I've been but doing good for you, it, man. Yeah, though I'm excited for you on that. It's been a good time, but I, you know, it's going to segue into my next thing here. I got to watch a little pro baseball, and it got my blood going. I mean, I've been watching the Braves play on TV when I had a chance, but seeing it in person and the sights and the sounds and eating the ballpark food and right before the All Star break, the excitement of all that going on, man, I want to go to Atlanta. I want, I want to go see that Dude, team. Pl- so I mean, I haven't been to SunTrust either. I, I want to go. It's unreal. I want to go. We need to do that. Tell me about your Braves. What are they doing these days? Uh, dominating the National League. <laughs> I mean, two years ahead of schedule. It's so cool, man. I, I just – I can't say enough about – and I, I know we've spoke about this on podcasts before, and I won't drown on, but what they're doing, it's, it's almost like they said, you know, like, you know when you have success with something and you abandon it for something like a new idea or better? The Braves did that in the mid-2000s. They signed Mike Hampton, Russ Ortiz to big deals and got some good years out of it. I remember them, those. But never really, like, got what they were like. At the time, Mike Hampton got a four-year, $44 million deal and threw, like, 62 innings. It was like, dude. But anyway, they they went with that model, and Major League Baseball is always changing, especially with sabermetrics, the way guys are brought up, the way things are done. But the Braves, I think, just had a light bulb go off and go, guys – I remember when we were really good back in, like, the 90s. Why don't we just try to do that again? And that's what they've done. 
They've developed their minor league, and it's back to being one of the best farm systems in baseball. And they've made smart moves, which is what they did in the night. You know, signing Keuchel. You know, signing Markakis. You know, and he has this random power surge. He's a pro's pro. Yeah. You know, and McCann. Like, you love seeing that guy come back home. And you got the new kid on the block, Austin Riley. The two, uh, uh, (laughs) Ozzie Albies and and, and, uh, Ronald Acuna. It's so cool, man. It's so cool seeing – because that's what – in the 90s, that's what it was. You had the old guard. You had Maddox and Glavin and Avery and all bowlers, you know. But then you had the the, the kids that kind of meshed with it. It's a good locker room. And anybody that says that that's not important in Major League Baseball is out of their mind. It's got to be. You spend 162 games together. And they have a fantastic locker room. And and I, I'm, I'm so happy for it, man. You know, there's a big dynamic. Um, having been able to kind of go to some stuff um, – as I've been older, you know, more games and things like that. There's a big dynamic in Major League Baseball with the families in the stands. Yes. I mean, like the wives, girlfriends, yes. whatever, all sit together. They pal around. When they, they, they make trips to go out of town, so for instance, like, you know, they don't travel all the time, but they'll all make plans to, okay, we're going to meet in right. St. Louis when the, when the Padres are there, yeah. and all those wives will be there. And it, it really, it is, like you said, it, it is the one sport where there has to be a family dynamic. A hundred percent. And speaking of which, the new SunTrust Park does as good a job as any in baseball of involving the entire crowd. You know, you're not just there for the guy that's got season tickets who, you know, is going to throw his hat when you lose and cheer when you win. His whole family enjoys going to the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And it's it's in a true event to do it. And like it's something you don't get at like Yankee Stadium or Fenway. It's not a tourist thing. The Braves, as crazy as it sounds, are a small market team, even though it's Atlanta. They're just doing it the right way, man, and it's yeah. just cool. It's so well, cool. You talk about being a tourist thing. Like a lot, there were a lot of fans at the San Francisco Giants game who had on other teams' jerseys, not oh, even yeah. Cardinals. A lot of people go to New York and they just go to a Yankee game. People go to Atlanta from, like you said, around the area. Oh yeah, because that's their destination. That's their team, uh-huh. and especially with the Falcons not mm-hmm. being so hot last year and the Hawks being an NBA seller, the Braves are it. I mean, yeah. the Bra- they love the Braves, man. It's you, so know, cool. you know what else draws like crazy in Atlanta? Soccer team, dude. I, I want to go to that. Dude, I want to go catch a game because you can you can pull double duty right now. You yeah. can catch a midweek soccer game sure on the pitch, can. and you can catch a baseball game on the weekend. Yeah, that would be so fun. Atlanta's happening. In it really the is. It really is. No doubt. You, uh, I know you. I know you. You you're, you root for the Braves, but have you been keeping up with like uh, this Pete Alonso, Christian Yelich, what these guys are doing, Be- Cody well, Bellinger? I, I want to. I'm glad you said that because you know the home run derby, the All Star game, was the other night, and. I love the new format. I have to say that. The new format with, with the timers and everything, it's just it's the way to do it. It's like, why did we not do this before? That being said, if you saw the show that Vlad Jr. put on, Ooh. oh, my Lord. Like, that's 29 home runs. Like, it's – it's. you saw BP the other day. How many home, how many, how many uh, home runs did Panda hit? Do you think it'd be mm, I mean, when he was trying to muscle him up and get him out there, I mean, like five or six bombs. Right. You okay. know what I mean? So, Vlad did that in a couple of minutes. Yeah, in a non-stop. row. Non-stop. Like, like, insane. But it's a neat wave, man. And, and, and you know, I'm not one of those guys. I, I, I believe in baseball and, and the sport itself. It's America's pastime for a reason. There are a lot of old baseball purists that – don't like the wave of Latin American talent. But 
the thing that I have a problem with that, and let me just, Ron Polk said this best. I heard him say, he spoke at our banquet this past December. The talent in Latin America, when they're 14, 15, you know, even 11, 10, 9, all the, you know, going up, growing up, they don't have cell phones. He said, well, he's been to the Dominican. He's been to Cuba. These kids go to class from like 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the summertime. Like, you know, even not in the summertime because it's so hot. And they don't have AC, so they have to go in the morning when it's cool. Do you know what they do from 9 a.m. till like dark? They play baseball. They play baseball. Mm-hmm. And you look, and, and it's not a slight to our kids because there's still plenty of American-born kids, you know, players in the league. But American-born kids are not doing that. So you look up twenty years from now, it's going to be a Latin-dominated league, and I'm okay with that because those kids work. They, they do. do. It's and, hard to, you know. And it's you know, kind of the old adage, you know, American baseball players. If you want to play in the major league, if you don't play in the major, you better work. You, you they better are. work your tail off. You better make baseball your yeah. life. Yeah, that's what Mike Trout did, and that's why he's the best player in baseball yeah. right now. Really is. So, but no, I think baseball's in a good place. Uh, they're always going to battle the ratings, the 162 games. Uh, but, you know, it's as many changes, and this is kind of cool to me. The NFL, the NBA, the NHL, they're always making changes to their rules, how the structure of their league works. Baseball's really not cool with that. They're just like, you know, we've done this for 100 years this way. It's worked pretty good. Yeah, they tinker with small things yeah, yeah, to, to make the game better, but there's never anything radical, and they're smart because they will gradually kind of do stuff. Absolutely. You know what I mean? They, they gradually kind of do it. You know, interleague play was such a revolutionary thing. Oh, yeah. And we're only playing two two uh, series a year, one before the All-Star break and one after. And then right. like slowly but surely the, the leagues have meshed into one. You know what That's I mean? Right. I mean, like, you know, um, one thing that I think is kind of fascinating is you – they have they crack down on PEDs. Sure, players can't juice. Yeah, but you know what you can juice? A ball. You can. And that thing is hot. It's as hot it as is. an old Mike and softball bat, Jack. <laughs> and like the thing about it is, I think it's genius. Chicks dig the long ball. The commercial's true. In basketball, right. we watch because we like to watch three pointers and dunks. We like highlights. We like That's flash right. and dash. We used to go to NASCAR because we like to see the last lap and the wrecks. You That's know what right. I mean? We like That's the action. Right. Baseball is the same way. Um, with that being said, records are going to be obliterated. Of course. They're going to be obliterated. Like, uh, And things are being just absolutely blown out of the water right now. For instance, like Cody Bellinger, if he played in Yankee Stadium, would have 15 more home runs Correct. than he would have caught Barry Bonds. I mean, you That's know, right. it's insane. At the rate with all this launch angle and the way the game has changed, the guys swing oh, the yeah. bat. Um, so this my next segue to my, my point I want to ask you here. Do you believe that there should be a wing in baseball, the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, from now going forward, that's like this is the modern era? Or do you believe it should all be one? And here's why why I said I missed that. Because there are things right now that are being done by average players or a little above average players that are making guys like Cal Ripken look pedestrian. Agree. I think there there is some very, like, there's some validation to that. I think there really is, but, like, one thing that – see, the guy you just mentioned is my favorite baseball player of all time, Cal Ripken mm-hmm. Jr. His streak, I don't know that that will ever be broken. It won't. Because that's what baseball purists love. They love the idea that this guy showed up to the ballpark every single day, played through pain, did the best he could, and there's no telling how many times – and see, now in the age of protecting guys and make sure they don't get hurt any worse – I'll send them two or three games, not Cal. You know, but, like, that's 
there's there's records I think that should stand more of a, an achievement level stuff that should be mm-hmm. never be like okay you may break this now but you didn't do it like that guy did. right like Nolan Ryan strikeout you know like Pete Rhodes like it's it, it's interesting man there's some stuff that makes you scratch your head I think mm-hmm. but I I mean. It would not phase me either way if they said, all right, this is the modern area, and we're going to start it at this year, and we're going to say everybody after this. But, you know, the guys that are getting inducted now, they're still part of that old guard. They are. You know, like, I mean, there's guys now. Like, I mean, you're going to look up in four or five years, and, like, Chipper Jones is going to be on the ballot. Yeah. You know, that's weird because I was like, man, that was like five years ago. No, it was like 20, you know, so – but no, I think I think that's not a terrible idea, man. I mean, I think it lets you include some of the uh, the steroid users, the guys who were doing yeah. it because everybody was doing it. Of course. And I feel like there's going to be an entire generation of baseball players. Man, I I just be honest with you. I mean, I don't believe in. I don't think you can punish an entire era of baseball because it's doing something everybody was doing. I agree. You know what I mean? I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's really looking for an have advantage. To blame, and I can say this too. Because I'm not for steroid use, obviously. I'm not either. But I'm not. I'm not. I will say this. In the mid to late 90s, baseball was it. It was. It was so fun. The the, the You remember the Sosa McGuire summer? It was rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You were glued to a TV. I was a Braves fan, and I'm coming home. I'm like, okay, we're up four. I'm going to flip to the Cardinals yeah. game. I'm yeah. going to flip to the Cubs. Where's WG in it? Exactly. Yeah. Because I wanted to see. Is yeah. he going to hit one? Is he going to hit well, one? And then, and then in 01, Bonds trying to break that record, it was phenomenal. If they didn't put four fingers up and walk him, he was hit it out of the park. I, I agree. Something I learned the other day at Giant Stadium, there have been 78, I think, balls hit into McCovey Cove. And Bonds has like 35 of them. That's insane. <laughs> and it's a tote to hit it out there. By that the is way. insane. Second is uh, him, uh, it's Panda with eight and Brandon Belt with eight. So, I mean, that just shows you how awesome he was. Get 35 into the bank. I kind of miss that era. I do. But, you know. Well, the the ball's taking care of that. It is. It is. It definitely is, man. And, you know, I think that it's it's one thing that – and I know we haven't really talked about this, but baseball in itself, the one thing I love about this, baseball is not a game dominated by superstars anymore. I think from just – when you talk about league averages, like if I ask you who the sixth man for the Pistons is, can you tell me? Right now? Yeah. No. But if I ask you who the shortstop for the Braves is. I'd say Dansby Swanson. Exactly. Yeah. And I know you may know that because it's regional yeah. and all that. But my point being is is every player on I could the name a lot of those throughout the major leagues if I thought about it for a exactly. second. Exactly. Yeah. And it's because, like, I mean, Trout's Trout. And these guys that are throwing up crazy home run numbers, you know, Vlad and, and, and Renfro and, and Bellinger and, the, you know, Alonzo. I get that. But those guys around them, like middle relievers are more important now than they've ever been. Specialists, like, yeah. So, like, you don't make it to the league unless you're there to help. Yeah. Like, you're you're there to help win. Like, whereas you may sign a 10-day contract in the NBA just because the guy's on the shelf and you need a body for practice. Yeah. The two-way contract in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, speaking about baseball, the way it changes, I mean, they have openers now. Like, you got a guy like Sergio Romo maybe for the Rays who'll come in and pitch an inning or two, and he's usually the closer. Yeah. But they like the matchup one day. I mean, you know, and then you got guys like uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon for the uh, for the Cardinals. Correct. He's the guy who comes in and pitches after an yeah. opener. You know, yeah. like he's a designated you know reliever. You know, it's, it's Wade LeBlanc's the same way. It's it's so. Uh, I, I'm not really for the whole opener thing. I'm not either. But 
I love the innovative thinking. So mm-hmm. you know what, what? What can we do to gain an edge? It's very it's like Joe, Joe Madden, Madden in the shift. Exactly what I was about to say. You know, yeah. it's like you know, I'm I'm going to make this guy hit the ball to left field. He's done it three times in his last 62 at bats. Let's put our dang third baseman at short and our shortstop in right field. It's Let's very slow pitch softball with the rover. You know what exactly. I mean? Like bring him up behind second base, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's it's cool. Like I think there's more coaching done in baseball than there is in any sport. You have to. Yeah. Like when a manager's fired in baseball, I always kind of wonder about that. Think about it. Pitch to pitch strategy happens in baseball. Every second of the game. In basketball, you cannot control every pass. No. You, I mean, like you can call a set play. But you know what I mean, like if the play breaks down, oh yeah. Whatever, but you like talk like, about like superstars, yeah, like, like LeBron gets the ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> by the way, he's, he's going to play point guard he's next gonna, year. Eh, it's a okay, great idea too. Go ahead, by the way. But yeah. and then even in football, it's like okay, like if you're the Chiefs, it's like all right, Patrick, we're going to give you this play, but if you like three or four other ones, mm-hmm. we're cool. Yeah, Brady, we, we, we trust one, you, know. you. Yeah, but you know, in baseball, there has to be like, mm-hmm. and there's so much stuff that is unseen. There's so many coaches in the dugout, and, and, and you don't see this on TV because it's always showing pitcher, batter, and catcher. But there's so many times where there's an assistant coach looking in the right field and, you know, mm-hmm. looking at, and, you know, shifted him five feet over. Yeah. Because he read a scouting report of the guy that's at the plate from the last six times he's faced this. It's so much, man. Yeah. And that's cool about baseball. It really is, man. Yeah. Man, it's such an involved sport, pitch to pitch. And, Everything matters. Weather, everything. Weather tendencies. Uh, er, you know, and you know, like you might pitch a guy a certain way with you know your your starter, and the next time you you know you come in, you got a submariner, and you're like, you know, this guy just doesn't like submariner on the knee. I mean, you have to know scouting. I mean, I love that film is a big deal in baseball. Where it Huge. might not have been back in the day. That's big. Yeah, it's film film. Huge. You know, back in the day, they just charted pitches. They That's just it. you know the game logged it. But yeah, well, you know, speaking of scouting and stuff like that, somebody hit on our guy Delvin Zinn. Dude, he's moving on up. I am so proud of him, man. He made a uh, he had a uh, a highlight reel play in the hole the other night. Of course, if you don't know this, uh, Delvin just got called up to high Myrtle Beach Pelicans in the Cubs organization. I've been to Beach. And uh, I got a Dixie Stampede out there. You know, and this is for another day, but. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people that have bad experiences in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. They, oh, it's not the is coolest true? place. Yeah. Okay. You, and then in, in, in <laughs> 1989, really cool. 2019, not, not the so coolest much. place. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, dude, he's killing it, man. And, and like, you know, I think about him and the other guys, you know, Tyreek, you know, guys in yeah. the minors. Like, I've got friends that play professional baseball right now. I've got guys that I coach that play professional baseball right now. And all of them will tell you the same thing. If you do what the organization wants you to do, like, and you listen to their instruction, and you stay healthy, you're gonna have a shot. Because like they don't let you sit idly by. Mm-mm. Like those coaches down there, they do more coaching than the major than the major league staff. If you can't do. hack it, they trim the fat quick. Yeah, they yeah. just say, "Hey, man, it's not working out. I'm sorry. We're only invested in you for twenty grand. So enjoy college. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like or yeah. whatever. Enjoy that truck you bought with your bonus. Yeah, ex- I mean, exactly. Really, yeah. And you know that that you know, but. It's it's cutthroat, yeah. and it's so cool to see Delvin. I mean, this kid you had on the basketball court, I had in driver's ed. I coached against in Legion baseball. He's just a good, good dude, man. I I, I'm, I couldn't be happier for him. One of the most likable uh, people I've ever met. Not even kidding. And very not, genuine and, at that. and legit. And hanging with Delvin as a as a as, as his coach is kind of get you in a tough spot sometimes. I know because I mean we were such. Pile. Buddies, buddies, like you know, like like you could hang, you could hang, you could have hung out with Delvin at seventeen and twenty eight, 
when he's 17 and Plan on hanging out with Delvin at, when he's 28. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> For sure. I was about to say when I'm 28. That was weeks ago. But uh, but no, he's he's just he's a, he's a good guy and a good kid. I like his chances because I I don't want to jinx him, but um. I think he's one of the best athletes you'll ever find to play shortstop. There's no doubt. I mean, for real. I and mean, th- that's, you know, we live in a day and age in baseball now to where, I mean, if you if you can't get lateral mm-hmm. at that position, you can't play. They I, move you to first or third or the outfield. He's so athletic. I could see his, I mean, I mean, he, he is an in, he's an infielder, a middle infielder at that, but I could see a scenario where there could even be a log jam somewhere. And they're like, hey, we need you to play center. Cool. A ball will not hit the, will not hit no. the grass. He'll catch them all. I mean, 100%. for real. So, shout out to him. I'm expecting big things. Yes. Proud of him. He's Good right. stuff, I'm, really, I'm really excited about him. Proud of you. So, uh, predictions going forward. Braves going to just run away with the East, you think? Yeah, they're going to win the title this year. Okay. I was just checking. I'm making sure. <laughs> Yankees are so good, they're good. dude. They're, 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 they're lineup. I don't know if you saw the Aaron Boone explosion. I did. Uh, it was pretty hilarious. It's obviously not for children's ears, but uh, – what he said to an umpire, he practically said, this lineup is the best thing you've ever seen. You better button up your strike zone in a hurry. <laughs> and the hard thing about that is is that there's no there's no breaks in that lineup. And it's so hard. And, you know, because it's the Yankees. And I'm not a Yankees fan, but I'm a Yankees respecter. Yeah. And the way they do things, they've always done them. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've done again. And they've loaded up a roster. And I'd love to see a Braves-Yankees Man, it'd be fun. Be, be back to America's team versus America's most hated team. I'm going to make a long-standing prediction before we start talking about other championship winners. Ronald Acuna will retire as the all-time leading home run hitter in base, Major League Baseball history. I hope you're right. I just have a feeling. I think he's going to hit a stride. And like I said, well, we're in that area. He's, he hasn't gotten grown man strength yet. You know what I mean? Like you, he hasn't you, got your power surge starts when you're 27, 28. Yeah, years old. I mean he's still got eight years. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be years where he's hitting 50, 60, 50, 60. I hope so. And, and, and you know, three or four years in a row. I mean, I could I could see a span where he hits 300 home runs in five years. Well, he's locked in the ATL for another eight years. So I, know, I right. couldn't be happy that's, that's about awesome. it. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, um, you, you mentioned about you know championships and stuff like that. There, there was a championship one just right up the street. Yes, there was. The Memphis Grizzlies won the NBA Summer League title about a week ago. Which may not be a big deal to a lot of people, but for a franchise on the cusp of, of bringing in new faces and starting a youth movement, couldn't be bigger, man. And there were two legit contributing rotation players that played in the Grizz Summer for the Grizz Summer League team. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Clark. Zags, man, I mean, I, you were spot been on trying, about him. I've been you, trying to tell y'all, you you told me he could ball back during during the season off oh, off yeah. the air. You told me he could play second most efficient player in the country last year, numbers wise behind Zion. So you know, Grizz scouting He's hit on that player. in the twenty first. I would have been really excited. I think with Bo Bowl, and I think I even tweeted that you did. And but, we talked about but, it. But I think they're smarter than me here. I mean, they absolutely they it was a good reason they make the big bucks. That's right. And then they got Grayson Allen, and uh, they got him in the trade with Utah, and he played some this summer. And I'm going to say the jury. Will, Man, I'm going to say it's still out on Grayson. The jury's Allen, at lunch, but he is he is towing the punk line. Really, yeah, you know, you go to a city like Memphis too, and it's probably like they looked at him, like, "Hey, man, here's your chance." You know, we know what you were in college. We know it didn't exactly work out in Utah, but this is how we do things. And you know, if you don't want to do it, we're not that invested. Why did Coach K never drop the hammer on him? He had enough talent at Duke that he could have sat him for a while. I always wondered that myself. Never dropped it on him. Uh. Uh-uh. But you know, uh, to his credit, to Coach K's credit, he never dropped it on Leitner either. No, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it was the same. Kind Leitner of stepped stuff. on a guy's chest. 
literally, like I mean, in his chest. Yeah, spit on a guy before. He did, man. But he never, and you know, and I'm sure there were several closed door, you know, <laughs> profanity laced meetings between Coach K and player. But you're right. You never saw him. But if you know, if you watch that documentary, the Thirty for Thirty on uh, Leitner, mm-hmm. they interview Coach K, and he's he kind of said things like, "Look." This guy can help us win. I'm just going to have to coach him different. And he yeah. said, that, look, I told my team that. And it reminds me of this, a very, very similar situation. When Phil Jackson, when Jordan came back and he brought Rodman in, supposedly he got his team together and says, guys, you've got to understand, I have to coach this guy a little bit different. And look, you know. And the best the team, resu- the the best results, team of all time. You know, the yeah. results showed. So. Yeah. Well, shout out to the Grizz. They yes, no ha- Hang the banner. <laughs> yeah. Man, they should have had a parade on Beale Street. The Gri- Grizzlies are really parade. Get the I'm Beale sure St- the fans had their own. The Beale Street flippers. Man, that would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> a couple discount divers at Silkies. That would have been a really good time. But I'm excited about the way the franchise is going legitimately. Uh, John Morant's going to be fine. Jaron Jackson's going to be good. Kyle Anderson's going to be good. Um, really That's like- a big pl- – Kyle Anderson to me is an X factor. He is because he, he's 6'9", plays the three, and doesn't need the ball. Yes. And you know what I mean? He doesn't need the ball. He Which never name needs another to touch the ball. Si- name another three over 6'7", who doesn't need the ball on Name the a team. three in the NBA period that doesn't need the ball. <laughs> I mean, they all that's yes. the marquee position in the game exactly. right now. Um, you know, and I like I like some pieces they're going to kind of put around them. Uh, they re-signed, of course, Jonas Jonas Valanciunas. Big. Uh, that, they're going to have a pretty competitive young five. I do not really know much about what's going to be going on depth bench-wise. I mean, I know the roster, how it shakes out, but I don't know how they're going to put the pieces together because we've got a first-year coach. And I've got a question for you. If you're the Grizz and you're in charge, let's say you're you, – I mean, you get to make this decision. I mean, I know Tankin's frowned upon. But if they're bubbling around 8, 9, 10, do you, do you skip out on it or do you get them playoff experience? Are you – I'm talking about to potentially get another lottery pick. Well, if it's kind of like the exact same thing this year, I think. You try to make the playoffs to get experience with what's going on because your nucleus is kind of set with these two. It's, yes, With Ja exactly. and Jaren. And, uh, you know, they still got Iguodala. They didn't trade him yet. So they could get a ransom for that later in the year. Right. You know, um, they, they still have the pick to convey to Boston that, unfortunately, I've been talking about since, you know, last you January. Um, which is a good thing this past year because they moved up to two where they were the nine slot. Exactly. So next year, if you're looking eight or nine and you got to convey that pick, I think, because, see, next year is a next year is a pretty good draft. Right. But the next year is the first double draft. That's where the high school kids can come in. That's right. So you that's where you want the most picks. That's the one right. you want to have the highest picks and the most picks. So you really want to convey next year's pick. To, so, and the reason is that means the, the year is really bad. I mean, I mean, I mean. The, so you, by saying that, you're like, you know what? If we're the eight seed, let's go. You know, let's go play the number. Let's one. just yeah. let's go see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's see what we can do. I mean, you want to do that. And Memphis needs Ooh. playoff basketball. They do. Because I, I know you've been, and I've been to Basketball two. needs playoff basketball y- in Memphis. And, man, there is nothing like it. And yeah. I hope just – I hope I gain three semi-rolls up in yeah. there. I think they ain't going to walk. Well, well, oh, well, man. You, you know, and, and to, to kind of to, to finish up, if you're trying to figure out if you're going to tank or play it out, the year has gone way worse than you think it is. Yeah. Than it should. Yeah. 
and you probably should have tanked long before. If that makes sense. Like, like somebody's gotten hurt. If you have yeah. a chance to get the first pick, you try to get it because it's going to be probably James Wiseman, maybe R.J. Hampton, one of those two. True. And those two guys could be franchise-altering players, maybe not for your team, but for another one. You know, James Wiseman can play along a lot alongside a lot of people. Him and Jaron will be okay. But somebody else, the Knicks might really want that piece. They might oh, yeah. they might give you the next three number ones they have for this year's sure. number one. So you want you know, if it comes to it, if you, and, and you want it. That leads me to another question too. And it's something that kind of weighs on me as I get older. Is the NBA off season more exciting than the NBA season? It's I know for sure it's the best off season. You know what I mean? Dude. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hundred percent, without a doubt. Um, no, I wouldn't say it's the the NBA off season. Is it because it happens so quickly? Yeah, that you're just like whoa. It's talked about for so long, for years, and then it happens. Like there's so yeah. much drama. Remember how many years we heard about LeBron leaving? Oh like, my gosh. I mean, like I mean, about, there's going to yeah. have to make a decision. We, we've been hearing about KD having to make this decision for yeah. the, since he got to Golden State. You know, um. The thing I think about the NBA offseason is it legitimately shapes the regular season immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, when players right. – I mean, You know. Because there's such a – only five people can be on the floor at one time. That's right. So, when a guy like D'Angelo Russell decides to go somewhere, or when Kawhi says, I'm going to the Clippers, they immediately become, you know, f- favorites or maybe the number two team in the West. Yeah. You know I mean, you know, when, when uh, Kimba ends up in Boston with the other pieces they have – now, yeah, they're legit. You so, know. best team in the East, I think. By the way, I, 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 and that leads me to this question that I've been wanting to ask you. Because the last time we talked, I think you mentioned that you thought that the Lakers would be the front runner, which mm-hmm. they probably still are. Probably are in the West because of Kawhi and Paul George going to the Clippers because of the moves made in the East. Is the NBA as open as it's ever been? Like, it would not shock you if the Lakers did not win it? Yes, I think I, – yeah, I think there's more parity at the top. That Yeah, that's what I – There are legit probably eight to nine teams that, barring injuries and stuff, could win it. Because, I mean, let's just say, for instance, yeah. you know, the Lakers implode and Kawhi – Bust a shoulder up. Now the West is really wide open. Now really, you're now really you're now open. you're probably looking at um, what's going on in with the Rockets. Right. I mean, you know what I mean. Like sure. you know, you know the East. It looks like Boston and Philly are going to be really awesome, and the Bucks yeah. are going to be really great. Yeah. But you know, what what if what if there's an injury bug? What if there's a bad matchup in the first round? Like, sure. I I really feel like that's where it opens up for more teams to get in the conversation. Oh yeah. This year rather than any year because KD's out for a year. Sure. You know, Clay's out for at least half a season or more. Oh yeah. So you know, uh, I I think with everything going on, it really does open it up. No, well, that's that's good, man. Because I want it to be, I want it to be more watchable at the end. And you know, I, I mean, I guess you could say it was this year, but it was because of the wrong reasons, like because yeah. of people getting hurt, yeah. because you know, like the longer it gets from the championship, the more I'm kind of like meh on the Raptors winning it. Two teams that <laughs> you know? Oh, I know, right? So boring, but two teams that I think will be exciting next year. I don't know how good they're going to be. I really think the Grizzlies are going to be fun to watch. Yep. And I think the Mavs are going to be good. Luca, Talk to me about the Mavs other than Luca. They got Luca. They got Kristaps. He's back. Yeah. Oh, I forgot, dude. Yeah, Kristaps. Dude, Chris that was the Dennis Smith trade, right? Yeah, it was. So they got. Oh they, my got gosh. they got them two, and 
They who did they draft? They I had a good pick. I can't remember who they, who they drafted. I mean, they, I think they're going to be fun. They're going to be pretty awesome, good. Man. Yeah, those two. Christoph I think they're going to be. They're going to be pretty good. Pretty pretty fun to watch. And Luca is going to round into a, you know an MVP candidate over the next three or four years. He can play. Oh yeah, he can ain't play. no doubt. He can really, he can get after it. Good stuff, man. It's getting close to football season. <laughs> Brian, let me tell you something. We've talked about this before. There's that man and every grown man in the Southeast life when he wakes up in the summer and one day in July, you never know when it's going to be, and the first thing on his mind is football. Mine just so happened to be this past Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. I took my normal shower, let the boys and the little girl out, fed them, came back in, got a cup of coffee, and I looked on my counter. And I could not mind my for headphones. I was about to take a walk. This actually, I didn't take my shower this morning because I knew I had to walk. But I couldn't find my headphones, and I looked everywhere, and I looked in the kitchen. They were in this drawer, and when I opened up the drawer, every year around May, I buy an Athlons and a Lindy's preseason football magazine, and I never read them until, like, August. I open up that drawer. There's my headphones sitting on top of the magazine, and it's the first. I was like, mm. we're like four weeks away. Yeah. It's amazing. It's exciting. And you start talking about position battles. and What's the scuttlebutt in Starville? Uh, everything revolves around a quarterback right now. Uh, you know, I think that for the most part, the defense will be decent. I don't think it'll be anywhere close to what it was. I don't think they're going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback like they did. Yeah. Um, I mean, you lose two first-rounders and a lockdown, you know, tackler and safety and Jonathan Abram, natural attrition. I think they'll be respectable on defense. It could get to the point to where they're not so respectable. But the big Are they converse, thin? Huh? Are they thin? Well, it's it just lost a lot of meat. Okay. Lost a yeah. lot of lot of beef on the DL. Uh, the linebacking core should be fantastic. They should take some pressure off, but there's got to be some guys step up on the interior. Uh, the back end should be pretty good. Uh, Cameron Dantzler's got a chance to be an all-ACC type of defensive back. Um, you know, I – I'm not – my expectations are tempered for defense. For offense, they are not. You get Kylan Hill back, who's arguably a top three back in the league, maybe a top five back in the draft. He'll play on Sundays. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, you know, and then here, you know, you got good receivers. You got an Iowa, uh, Kansas State transfer. They're number one. They're X guy. Isaiah Zuber transferred in. He had great numbers out there. You've got good young receivers. Your tight end depth is phenomenal. You think it's three of five or four of five offensive linemen. So what does that leave to everybody to talk about? The quarterback. Tommy Stevens, grad transfer, uh, Penn State, obviously knows Moorhead's system. He's come in. Moorhead's being real mum on this. I watched his replays on the SEC media days. He says it's a battle between him and Keaton, which is what every coach says. Which means it's going to be Tommy Stevens. Which, which means I think it's going to be Tommy Stevens. <laughs> exactly. Anytime you hear it's a battle – it just means that it's respect for the guy who's not going to win the job. Yeah. Just like Tua and Jalen, you know, it, just like uh, Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence. You, when you know, you know. And I'm just, you know, and and I hate it for Keaton. I do, uh, because I'm I, I still relive that Egg Bowl where he fought his guts out that State lost in Starkville two years ago. Turns around, wins a bowl game against Louisville and Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. uh, without Nicky. You know, and, and you hate it because the guy's been there, and I do. But, uh, but if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. Apparently, Tommy Stevens lit it up at the Manning camp. Yeah. And when you get talked about at the Manning camp by the world's best quarterbacks ever in terms of knowing the quarterback position, you obviously can spin it a little bit. 
So I'm interested to see how it's going to shake does, out. He only has one year, both. right? Huh? He only has. He's one got year. one year. Okay. Which here's my hope. My hope is that Tommy takes the reins and and knows Joe's offense, and it's rock and roll. It's just like good old times with Saquon and Trace McSorley back mm. in Happy Valley. Mm. But I hope it doesn't force Keaton out. He needs to stick around. He's not a pro. And I'll stick around to play your year. And this is, you know, and I'm going to stick with this, man. And I I don't mind if, you know, later on in the fall I get bashed for this because I remember back when we were on the radio, my biggest problem with Joe Moe throughout the entire fall was, you know, you got a guy that's a senior quarterback, has been here five years, and his numbers regress. That just – it's almost like he threw too much at him too soon. So I'm hoping – Keaton can stay another year and really, really learn this system and have packages where he's a little bit more valuable than Tommy Stevens while Tommy, you know. And here's the thing, Brian, I've told you this before, man. I'm realistic. I don't expect State to go 11-2. and two. I expect them to win the games they're supposed to and be competitive in the ones they're not. And that's it. And that will yeah. always be my thing, man. And, yeah. it, you know, and, and I'm not even one of those guys like, you know, well, we ought to be to the point to where we can recruit. And you, no, you're not. We share a state with another competitive football school. You're not ever going to get all of the good ones. And it's, the best competitive football school is right down Highway 82 from you. Exactly. So, like, you know, LSU and Alabama are always going to come into Mississippi State and Ole Miss's backyard and pick a couple of guys out mm-hmm. every year. My hope one day is that Mississippi State and Ole Miss can start getting these guys, both of them, not just State. You're right. Because then Mississippi will have eventually arrived in football, which is what it deserves. But. I'm excited, you know. I, you know, it's football season, dude. Me too. I mean, I'm there's excited. nothing like it. I'm ready to end up in Oxford. I was about to ask. I'm, you. I'm ready to talk to me, man. You know, uh, there's a lot of hush hush over there. Um, things I'm excited about: some stability at the coordinator positions. Agree. I think uh, McIntyre and Rich Rod are they're legit coaches, man. They I agree. have one they've big time the where they've been. They've yes. their conference coaches of the year. They may have both won national coach of the year for all I can remember. But I know, right? but like they're going to do a really good job there. And there's uh, no pressure. And there's no there, – there's no – this. We, all they want to see is, do we look like we know what we're doing? Yeah. And are players in the right spot? Are they playing hard? And I really think with the talent they have coming back, if they can get them to do that, they'll be better. Oh, I mean, they'll be better. Um, I think six wins is attainable. Um, I think so, so. I think the quarterback, uh, Matt Corral, it's going to be fun to watch. He's I a think gamer, he, man. I think he's going to remind folks a lot of Chad Kelly. Uh, on get, and off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He enjoys. <laughs> you got to take the good with the he bad. He enjoys the library, and I'm not talking sure. about the place where the Dewey Decimal System rocks. I'm talking about you know the hey, library. I, I may or may not have seen him in there. It's cool, but he he was he was not doing anything illegal. He was just chilling, being but, a college. Yeah, he's being a college kid. Uh, but uh, but I'm excited to watch him play because I like the fire. You know what I mean? I like what he's going to bring to the table. That. Um, the, the running back uh, Phillips going to be pretty Phillips. good. Yeah, he he can Ball play. Uh, they're going to have wide receivers. Uh, Cooley at tight end is going to yep. be okay. Um, and Jerry and Ely. Really ex- got to find a way to get that kid the ball from yeah, what I'm reading. Yeah, really, really excited about him. So um, there's, there, there's tempered excitement in Oxford. Let's just say sure. that. There, everybody wants to see improvement, and I really think that that will happen this year. I do too. I don't know if the wins and losses will show it, but I really think it's going to be going the right it's direction. It's weird you say that because I actually do see stuff like that. Like I have actually seen years of Mississippi State and Ole Miss – where they have improved and lost more games than they did the year before. Yeah. Like, maybe just because the schedule was tougher. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'll give you a prime example. Crooms last year into Mullins next year. State wasn't a very good football team. I mean, they went 5-7 and seven Mullins' first year, but he played uh, 
Georgia Tech and Houston just so happened that years and years prior that they had scheduled those, that, you know, home and away series, and they're both top ten teams. Case so Keenum was, was there. Case Keenum was in Houston, <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, – Was Calvin was Johnson at Georgia Tech? No, no. He, was, he was with <laughs> the was Lions, but, that's they, right. but they were they – were so, yeah. uh, there was a uh, Tashard Choice yeah. play with the Cowboys. The Cowboys. They just it, it was Paul Johnson had them rolling like in year two or three, but they were they were salty. Yeah. But, you know, State gave them all they wanted, but but they improved. They improved, and you saw it. So, well. uh, I think on the national scale, I think it's a snooze fest. I think we're headed right down the barrel of Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma, Oregon, somewhere. Or, yeah, you know, it's going to be the, the typical cast of characters at the end. Uh, Oklahoma is one that I, you know, I, I don't I really, think they're going to be very good this year. I think John Hurts is going to take them down a peg or two. Really? Uh huh. I don't think he's. I spin find it, it like, so interesting that you say that, and I kind of want to be on board with you, and I'm going to tell you why. I thought that Tua deserved the Heisman last year mm-hmm. over Kyler. I just did. I thought that you know, and, and I've always kind of thought that you know, nobody ever gets like jumping for joy when you talk about Big Twelve defenses. It's one thing you know if they play well in a bowl game, but like. They never are consistent for 12 games. They're always in the high 60s in total defense and stuff like that. Same thing happened with Vince Young. He's putting up numbers against, you know, bottom 100 defenses. And, you know, I. Th- but the, 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 the reason I say all this is the path to the Heisman the past two years is just play quarterback at Oklahoma. So I'm curious if – I think this is the year where we figure out if – oh. This Lincoln Riley guy really understands mm-hmm. the quarterback position because, you know, if, if Jalen's in that conversation, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think Lincoln Riley's going anywhere, but I think you got to start taking Oklahoma more serious, you know, because obviously they're going to start recruiting better if, you know. Is Justin Fields eligible at Ohio State? I believe he is. I think he's going to win. Tate it. Martell is eligible at Miami. I think, I think, the, I think he's going to win the Heisman. Justin Fields, yeah, oh, I, I can totally see it. I think he will totally see it. Yeah, um, I, I just I don't know. Why I have a feeling about him in that system. I've I, got a really dumb question right now because I can't really remember because it's always a saga. Is Urban Meyer still at Ohio? No, State? it's old day. That's right. That's right, <laughs> dude. I was going to call him. It's Charlie like every day. other year, Urban Meyer's. Oh, is he coaching this year? <laughs> he's going to be the next. That's coach right. He's an administrative guy. Yeah, he'll now. be the next coach at Notre Dame in two years. <laughs> Somewhere he'll resurface. But speaking of you know, Notre Harbaugh Dame. got a lot of beef for that. A lot of uh, yeah, uh, that comment he made today is like, you know, Urban's a great coach. Nobody needs to say that, but the baggage follows. So yeah. it's interesting, man, how that <laughs> you followed him to Florida, followed him to Ohio State. Might as well about to say, speaking of Notre Dame, one of Clemson's players said that Notre Dame was the best team they played last year. Is that right? That's wild. Yeah, I didn't see that. It was something like that. It was, I mean, it was it was something. He was like, it was a big slide at Alabama. And I'm not a Notre Dame guy. But I want them to be back. Me too. It just, like back. When they're in the conversation, it just makes I mean, the whole like, thing I mean, this year, you know, they, they, they made it as far as, you know, and that's, okay, cool. They're going to play Clemson and lose by four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, it's I hate to be like that, man. What 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 the South needs this year is for Kirby Smart to beat Nick Saban in the mm-hmm. SEC title game. The South needs it's, that. Yeah. And the SEC needs to figure it out because if not, David Spoonie is going to have a statue in like three years because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. there's no competition in that conference for him at yeah all. and you know i'm th- this the landscape of college football right now is reminding me of the changing of the guard from tennessee women's basketball to uconn true that so i feel it's like nick saban is the pat summit that's like, a he, great analogy. he's one three four five and all of a sudden 
Debo's won two of the last three. And he's the new and, Gino. And, and he could win about four or five in the next season. I could yes. see him – I could see 12 years from now us going, greatest college football coach of all times, Debo. I mean, I could see that being I, the conversation. I, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. I, it Was it you and I that were arguing and debating this that I think that Debo Swinney is the next head coach at Alabama? Yeah, well, you, you, you made that prediction. And I believe it. It I, may have been somebody else that was – I think it was Max Howell. I think we talked. I think you and I talked about it off the air. Yeah, me and Max talked about it on the yeah, air. But he, and he could, he could and I crushed his soul. <laughs> but he needed that to be known. <laughs> we could. If you're out there, Max, he listens. you lost that argument. He listens for sure. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, sorry for this to take a yeah. dark turn, Brian. <laughs> I'll play college some, football though. Yeah, college I got football. a cool Pickwick trip plan. We always do. We do it once a year. It's for the boys. Uh, Cause all my buddies are married, so like it's like let me ask my wife. But we're uh, we go to Pickwick like the like to try to go to the opening weekend of college football or the yeah. next weekend, and we, you know, we it's it's a lot of fun. My buddy has a lot of money and he has a yacht. It's the Gatlin family. Mm. If you're listening, Kirk, John, any of the family, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to exaggerate wealth over a podcast, but uh, you have a lovely. Uh, situation in get get on get on the yacht and get on Spotify and pull out your uh, pull out the yacht rock playlist. It is fantastic, Brian. I will do that. It's got I will Christopher that and I will Christopher Cross and Phil Collins and the best. Just you'll be on the boat with a Bermuda shorts. Is it one of those you don't Sperry's. understand why you're playing it, but it makes sense? Yeah, you're like this goes well with what I'm doing. Right I now. feel like George Jung would have been doing this on a yacht, hanging out with the Nash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just doing cool stuff. So for sure, I'll do that. For sure, do that. Um, I was going to ask you something. Um, I was I was watching television today, or the other day, and Major League, the original Major League was on. Yeah, and I, I think. It's a, it's the best sports movie of all time. I, I love that. That's your favorite sport. Bar, it's one bar, of my favorites. Barring barring sport, none other. I mean, I I just think it 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 has a realistic. I mean, it looks realistic. It's comedic. There's some exaggeration. You know, they actually uh, have they're in an actual stadium with fans there. You know, for some scenes. Yeah, uh, no doubt. It, it was it's really true to form. Um, but I watched Major League Two as well. Yeah. Considerably takes a dip down, you know. What it I mean? does. They 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 slid in Omar Epps instead of Wesley Snipes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, they br- they brought in the 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 karate guy. Serrano was all of a sudden a peacemaker. So it was just a really bad film, which leads me to my next thing: the worst sports film of all time, in my opinion, Major League Three. Brian. CGI baseball. I, I, Scott I hate Scott to Bacula, with Scott Bakula was the coach. I mean, I hate to agree with you, actually, but it's so bad. I've been racking my brain. So in this time of year where the sports the sports scene is kind of slow other than baseball, people talk rankings. They talk lists. And that always gets old because they talk real crap lists, like is, is LeBron better than Jordan? Oh, they yeah, talk who's the greatest. Blah, blah, blah. They never ask what's the worst sports movies of all time. No. I want to know. What are some of your worst sports movies of all okay. time? Okay. So I, I, want to, I want to expand on Major League Three. Not only – oh, Brian, man, I, I could spend 45 minutes talking about how bad this movie is. <laughs> First and foremost, in what ungodly scenario would a major league team step out of their comfort zone in their 162-game schedule to schedule a game with their AAA team? That's disaster. 
first and foremost. And who's the guy? The guy that plays the coach of the Twins that was on Married with Children? Uh, Ted McGinley. Yes, Ted. <laughs> Mr. Jump the Shark himself. So, okay. The, 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 it's just so unrealistic. It doesn't make sense that you – what they tried to do was keep the franchise going. Mm-hmm. But Doc Wingate – his fastball's 58 miles. Like, why is he in triple? Like, like, stuff that does not happen, man. The first baseman? It was a, it was a, comp- oh, God. who did? <laughs> there was Hog Ellis, who was the ace. And, oh, God. I, 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 I could go. you know these names. Brian, I've seen this movie more times what, than right, I can What's care the good player's name? Downtown. Downtown Anderson. Downtown. And it's, oh, we want to call him up, but he's a Deadpool hitter. And then at the end of the movie, the big climax is, Hey, you want to lay one down, sacrifice him over? And then Scott Bakula flips his shades up. No. I want you to go downtown. I want you to hit the ball in another zip code. You got it, Skip. The it's worst. It's like, dude, stop it. Stop. Which, yeah, Scott Bakula. Somebody should have hollered at Scott Bakula and said, man, just stick to Quantum Leap. Yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, just just Quantum Leap was not a bad show. It was not a bad show. Uh, I've got a few others that I've kind of just jogged my brain. <laughs> I did not like the the set, the remake of the Longest Yard. I know that's crazy. No, a lot of people love. I really think that is more of a comedy than even a sports uh, movie. Yeah, and that's what in the Longest Yard, the original with Burt Reynolds, and you know he's the he's Paul Crew. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, like it was post like good Sandler movies, Adam Sandler. So like it was just kind of like okay, is this about Adam Sandler saying little one liners? You know, and Chris Rock is the yeah, anyway. That one was bad. One that is. Unintentionally funny <laughs> is the Big Green. Yes, it's a movie I enjoy I because it's for my child. It's sitting right up there behind you. In that Steve Gutenberg. Yes, and there's of course there's a there's a speaking of modern times technically there's an ice situation with yes. their best, with Juan their best player. Um, he was. I awful. do want to mention that my favorite. This is actually kind of crazy. My favorite two sports movies of all time are about a sport that I don't even like and I want you to guess what they are. This might take you a second. Hmm. And you know it's not soccer because I love soccer. You like Miracle? Best movie best sports movie of I love Miracle. And man, I can't think of anything. Same sport. Okay. Uh it's not Happy Gilmore because that's a golf slash hockey movie. Man, I can't think of hold on. Mighty Ducks. Two. Two, yes. We yes. talk about sequels. Yes. This brings me to my next point, and I wanted to say Because you like the Bash Brothers. I love Dean Portman. <laughs> dude. And Fuller. Uh, dude, okay. Fulton Reed? Fulton Reed. So, I like Russell Tyler. Uh, knuckle Puck Tom, mm-hmm. dude. That is the best sequel I've ever seen. Mighty Ducks 1, <clears throat> you know, it's it's a city championship. It's my second best sequel. Uh, what's your first? Ghostbusters two. Oh, you said that. Uh, <laughs> but but Mighty Ducks one, it's just Followed it's all about Rocky Bombay. Too. It's a city mm-hmm. title. Yeah. I wore the badge of honor for USA in D two. You want to tell you how cheesy I was when I was in like fourth grade when that movie came out? I got a pair of rollerblades, and me and my buddies, and I'm not going to mention them to save for their cheesiness. Like this is something that like you would have gotten called a loser for. We used to rollerblade in Lee Acres after watching that movie and do the little jingle that I don't know what I've been told. 
team USA gonna win the gold. And we would play stick hockey. Of course. And think we were good. And it was so bad. But that is the best sequel, man. I saw Barstool was selling a Trinidad and Tobago. You remember the tie-dye? They're yeah. actually selling that on their uh, website right now. I don't know why, but uh, no, I, lo- I love the, the international feel. It's like they copied Miracle, and they're like, let's make it for kids. Speaking of Trinidad and Tobago, you got me thinking about Jamaica. Uh, my good friend and uh, owner, Josh West of Blue Delta, yeah, yeah. he was out in Aspen doing a, a big event for Blue Delta, and he met Leon. The, uh, the actor no. from Thor <laughs> Yeah. That's another fantastic sports and, movie. I was going to tell you, that, that's a good one, because it's got John Candy in it. And you can't go and wrong And you cannot go. Wolf also Blitzen. has Therese Bannock. It does. <laughs> anyway, he, Josh, Josh was talking to Leon, and he was like, uh, said something like, yeah, I got a house in New York, and I got a house here. And Josh was like, cool running's been good to you. And Leon said, man, I've been in a lot of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have not. Oh, Josh could remember what was that, but he's in uh, like above the rim. Yeah, and he was in a uh, cliffhanger. I'm trying to think of what he was in cliffhanger. He gets uh, Sylvester Stallone kills him oh, with the icicle. Oh yeah, icicle, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, but anyway, <laughs> Cool Runnings is up there for me. But that's a great. Movie. But my, when I think of worst, uh, the worst films, of course, D three. I mean, I, that was what I was going to segue. Mighty Ducks three when they go to college, horrible, film. horrible, horrible. It's bad. Any threes in sports? <laughs> Home Alone 3 was bad. It's not a oh, sports film, so but bad. the thirds are usually bad. Same kind of concept with Major mm-hmm. League. They subbed Omar Epps for, for Wesley Snipes, where Macaulay Culkin got subbed for that kid that nobody knew. Well, one of my favorite films slash sports films of all time is Teen Wolf, the original, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. One of the worst sports films of all time is Teen Wolf 2. Yeah, Jason bad. Bateman's a boxer. It's just like, just don't. Stop. Give me Scott Howard or give me nothing. <laughs> Make that two Scott Howards. <laughs> Man, it made me so mad. But Ooh, I got a bad one. And this is hard to call this sports because it's one of the most iconic, legendary, cult classic movies ever is Karate Kid. The next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank. Swank. So bad. So bad. It is her boyfriend is a loser. <laughs> and she has to fight for him. His name's Eric. <laughs> it's so bad. I actually like Karate Kid 2. I did too. Yeah, it was I pretty did good. Too. And you know, we're, I mean, another 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 day, another topic. The Karate Kid soundtracks are oh. so underrated. The oh. first one, of course, has "You're the Best Around." <laughs> Such a good song, but the second but one there's has some low key bangers in the there. The second one has "Glory of Love" with Peter Cetera, dude, dude. which is one of the best songs of the 1980s. Dude, like when when Daniel and his and Elizabeth, you I can't remember her character name. Mm. Like when they're like like in the park, like some of the, there's like stuff playing that you're like it's probably on that yacht rock mix. And think about how big of a pimp Daniel Larusso is. He ditches Elizabeth Shue in America for the pretty lady over in Okinawa. The, the, yes, Funny man. things about that movie too. It, it's it's there's holes. For instance, when uh his buddy what was his buddy Tanaka was that his name? Um, <laughs> what was his um, name? Miyagi. No, not Miyagi. Oh, you're talking about the, the second, yeah, the, the yeah, second yeah, one, the yeah, mean yeah. guy, the, his, his, his yeah. lifelong friend. At the beginning, he's uh, he's trying to chop that tree in half, that big old log with his hand, and all of a sudden he gets trapped underneath it. Oh. And the only way to get him out is for Miyagi to. Yeah. To, I mean, th- yeah. See anyway. I want to give you two more <laughs> while I'm thinking about it. Horrible films, but great for a cheap laugh because they're unintentionally funny. Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. And sidekicks with the late Jonathan Brandis and Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Norris. 
Yes. That Sidekicks came out along the time that like Three Ninjas was coming out. So like it was a bunch of kids martial arts movies. Was was Jonathan Brandis in Ladybugs? Was he the same kid? He was. Oh man. With Rodney. Which was another terribly great movie. film. <laughs> yes. I tell you, oh I got another Reed, bad you, one. You just pissed Reed off. Call it terrible. I'm sorry, Reed. <laughs> I can't get on book. Mm. Who was the 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 sassy secretary that was in uh Riding Dangerous. Jack A. Jack A. Yes. Oh man, that's so bad. Another bad soccer film. Goal. Uh, I don't know. If you've, that's how bad it is. Yeah. You don't know it, but it's about it's 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 a it's a film for American people to fall in love with soccer. It's about this kid that grows up. He's Hispanic uh, in L.A. and he gets a shot with a big English club, and it's so prototypical. But a movie that you all need to see. Everybody needs to see it's a sports movie, but it's kind of not Green Street Hooligans with with Elijah Wood. Oh yeah, it's about uh, it's about club uh, mm-hmm. gangs, mm-hmm. soccer gangs, uh, hooligans. Really good. For those check of you. That out. I've got it up here. I'll let you. I'll take that. It's somewhere. You actually have a DVD collection. You're one of the and few. a VHS collection. Oh, you know, wow. I'm not a big book guy. I read some. I've read. You prefer your books on film. I do, <laughs> with color, <laughs> but. Forever, I bought like I was a blockbuster guy, man. I'd go in and I'd wait like six months till the movie's not new anymore, and I'd buy it for like two bucks. I did that for a long time. There's nothing past like <laughs> 2008 <laughs> on here. There's some good stuff in there, though. Well, well speaking of movies, it, it, I had a funny thing I wanted to do, and I'm going to spring it on you. I had trivia tonight at Queens Reward. Oh yeah, Blue Delta hosted trivia night or sponsored trivia night, and I hosted. And one of my categories was Mega Stars Minor Roles. Love it. So I'm going to give you a couple of trivia questions it. from it. So I'm going to give you some movies, and you have to tell me the current mega star who was in these films. Oh God. Okay. All right. So the first one is uh, what current mega star was in Waterworld, Mars Attacks, Be Kind Rewind, and Enemy of the State. Oh man. I'll also help you out. I got to give okay, you. Okay. So let me just thumb through this here. I know that Kevin Costner was the lead in Waterworld. It's mm-hmm. not him. It's not him. Jack Nicholson was in Mars Attacks. That's not him. This guy, this guy was minor roles in these movies. Major oh. star now, minor roles back then. Enemy of the State. You're going to have to give me this one. I'm going to give you a second clue. Do that. He is part, half part of the greatest rock band in all the world. Jack Black? Jack Black. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's him. Trying to think of, what was he in Mars Attacks? He's, uh, well, I'm remembering he's, him. He's, he's, the, he's the shaved head uh, army guy who runs in there and gets shot and killed. <laughs> Billy Joe something or oh, another. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. He's a steampunk looking guy in Waterworld, I think. Enemy of the State, he's the tech guy. I knew, yeah, that's, I, and I, then, I uh, got that one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was that that's one. That's a good one. That's that a, a good, good trivia question. All right, yeah, and then uh, he, Be Kind Rewind is a good film. Him and that Mo, is a Him and Most Def and Danny Glover. Um, all right, here's another fun one. Um, what uh, what current comedic megastar was in the films The Ladies' Man, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, as well as all three Austin Powers films? How much time do you give your trivia people? I forget. You know, I ask five questions, and then I give them like about four or five minutes after I finish the last question. So, you know, they get about ten minutes per Around. I'm trying to get this sold on the Austin Powers. Who was in all three? And he was in the ladies' man. 
I like how you do the trivia deduction, though. You think, okay, who was... Okay, you're trying to think, okay. No, yeah, and I don't so, want to be quiet, okay. but I'm trying to... Well, I mean, I can even help you out as your teammate. All right, Seth Green was... It's not Mike Myers. Okay. Seth Green was in all three, not him. Vern, I, I was, that's, Seth Vern, Green was my next Vern Troyer's in all three, not him. Okay, so now you're looking at them three. James, who's the who's number two? Who's the guy with the eye patch? Rob Lowe? No, what? Time travel? Old Rob Lowe. Okay, yeah, they're yeah. both in them, but it's not them. <laughs> Basil Expedition's in there, but it's not him. So who's the other mega star that had a bit part in all three films? Brian, I've got these films right behind I me. I want to go grab them. All right, I'll give you. I'll help you out with the ladies' man. He was the main antagonist in the ladies' man. He wanted to kill Leon Phillips. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. That's right. Oh my God! How did I not think of that, man? Like, yeah. he was he Mustafa. Mustafa in, in every film. He dies yeah. in every. Film. Yeah. All right. Ow. So I'm gonna I'm give you uh two more from other categories. Please. Um, Dog Days of Summer was a category. Okay. Name the two teams with the most World Series titles. Yankees. Mm-hmm. The other team has eleven. I think eleven. Reds? Cardinals. Cardinals. Well, that was my – I was thinking Big Red Machine. Yeah, Cardinals makes sense, yeah. And then uh, I guess the last one I'll give you here, uh, <laughs> to keep with the theme the uh, of the all the podcasts, uh, this category was called Front Man Bigger Than the Band. <laughs> so I'll Russell give you – Russell from Stillwater. <laughs> so the – oh, yeah, that's a good one. So uh, the, the questions were like – one of these questions was what soup what rap mega star was in the band the digital underground that was tupac that's really tough but he was oh, wow. he was a, he was like a a bit singer rapper yeah. in digital underground but here's the question for you what country music superstar left the band pure prairie league to later become a award winning cma artist that would be a dear, dear friend of the podcast, the one and only Mr. Vince Gill. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I got, uh, was I, a I, question get, I got Vince uh, twice this week. Did you? Well, yeah. I'm hate. gonna make that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> you could probably sell it to families and the bereaved. Upcharge. <laughs> you trying to get Vince this you, week? You've been Vince. Because let me tell you, honey, I got a postlude that'll knock your socks off. <laughs> Speaking of being Vince, what are some what's the music you've been listening to? Tell me something from my from you know I, I plan on hitting up the canoe this week. They're gonna okay. have some good music, but tell me what you've been listening to, Brian. Okay, don't laugh at me here because I know you're so much more musically eclectic, I guess you'd say, than I am. I'm around my boys a lot during the summer, so I kind of take on what they do. I don't really get into the big rap scene nowadays, uh, but there's one, and the girls that run our, our we just had our tournament, they run our uh, press box right. for us. And they, they have, they're kind of in tune. Halsey. Yeah. Is a band that I'm like, they're starting, they're that band that you first hear them in a commercial, like an iPad commercial, iPod commercial, whatever. And then they start putting out good songs that like are catchy and like you don't ever know the words, but you're just like, dude, this is good. But they've got a song called Nightmare uh, right now that's like, I mean, if you've got kids, obviously listen to the edited version, but it's like a kind of that Evanescence type of like 
I don't know really how to explain it, but it's like it's good between innings music. In other words, speaking uh, of having kids in edited versions, when you finish telling me your list, I got to tell you a funny story. Okay, I'll forget if I don't. That's that if I don't remember. <laughs> so. uh, I still, I still am head over heels for Luke Combs, man. I lo- gosh, he's like, good. He's so good. The and the new single, uh, "Beer Never Broke My Heart," is such a good it's song. True, man. It's such a good song. Uh, when you were walking in, there was a song actually played. Luke, uh, I got away with using another great song. Um, Morgan Wallen in the country scene. I'm yeah. really. I re- he did a cover. Uh, he did a cover of "Cover Me Up," uh, and he actually said that he listened to Jason Isbell's version like forty times before he could perfect his. Wow! Know? Like so, I was, I was. I thought that was cool, and like he does a good job with it. Um, I've been listening to Kid Rock lately, and I don't know why. You've been listening to Picture. <laughs> no, I've been listening to like the hardcore stuff, ball to ball stuff. Like, like yeah, okay, like okay. Uh, cocky. Yeah, uh, never Devil met a white a boy calls. quite like me. <laughs> Jackson, like I don't. Uh, I guess we had some long rides, and like they were like, "Hey man, what kind of got you hyped up back in the day?" And like, boys, I don't know if you wanted to jump into this two hour foxhole, but you about to. <laughs> and I just, I can't. I mean, you know, it. I, I know there's several. You know, there's. Uh, I'm so locked up with what I do, man. It's usually it's usually what you but one good thing, it keeps you in the loop of what's hot now. Yes. I'm a little out of touch with what's but see, radio that's popular. that's why I love soccer season and I love baseball season because I get to be around the boys and they're like, you know, Hey man, you heard that new well, no, I haven't heard the new Migos, but certainly have not. I will listen to it. I promise you. And there's nothing that sparks a teenager like, Man, I like my coach. He's hard on me, but he's cool because he's over there mouthing the new Migos, because what they don't know is I'll listen to it and they'll be like, "What do you think of this song?" I'm like, "Man, I just need you to warm up." Yeah. But deep down, I go home <laughs> and I'm like, "I wonder what the name of that song was." Man, I if you're worried, you, you're saying if you're worried about this music, you're not focused. Exactly. And it's a banger. <laughs> this is good stuff. Harris, you like this song, man? Yeah, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> but anyway. So anyway, I'll tell you my story about music that's edited. Please. About three weeks ago, uh, I had to DJ a wedding and a wedding reception for a friend Which of mine. You do very well. Thank you, thank you. I had to do that, and uh, it was kind of a unique situation. Um, <clears throat> bunch of kids there, and the bride and groom um, had requested that I play some kids' bop versions of songs early to make sure, like the kids are out dancing, having sure, a good time, sure. while I was eating. And I, some of my friends were at this wedding, so I. Kind of got distracted talking to some of my old chums that I used to hang out with and everything, and I wasn't really paying attention to what I played. So <clears throat> I slipped uh, 24 Karat Magic in there maybe. By, or Great so, wedding well, yeah, song, So So Bruno Mars, and I, I played that, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm okay here. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm okay sure. here. Not many, no, no cuss words in this version. I think it was radio edited. And then uh, I slipped in another song not really paying attention, and it was not so edited. It was another Bruno Mars song, and it, it just kept cursing and cursing and I just wasn't paying attention and finally a mom came up and she was like excuse me sir it is saying the S word entirely too much <laughs> and I was like I'm sorry I wasn't even paying attention so I just <laughs> strictly played kids bops the rest of the night so well <laughs> but you you know you've always got a good feel for the crowd I tell you what you do better than anybody I know that DJ's weddings is you know when to play Bill Withers use me up <laughs> exactly and I've locked eyes with you before. Uh, you've DJed several <laughs> weddings I've been to, actually, and I've just come and like, Brian, it's time. 
I know when to play that one for sure. <laughs> that and Kiss by Prince. Those are two pretty yeah. good ones I always play. Such a good but, song. Uh, I've been listening to some stuff uh, recently, uh, kind of venturing out a little bit. Uh, the new Tyler Childers song, All Yorn. Oh, dude, the, he's so good. My best, buddy Joe and his wife got to go see him in Birmingham the it's other the best, night. It's the best song of the year so far, it's All so Yorn. Good. It's, a, it's a, a Western Kentucky way of saying y'all or yuns, but yorn. Yorn. All yorn, yeah. That's a good one. I've been listening to some old Merle Haggard. Um, it's nice. been pretty good. Um, the new Sturgill song, The Dead Don't Die. Dude, it's he's so good. It's the uh, soundtrack song, title soundtrack song for the Bill Murray movie, the zombie film that just came out. I saw the preview for that. Yeah, it's, it's the title song for it. It's uh, I want to see the film, but that song's I got pretty good. On that too. And then uh, Magnolia Wind uh, is a really good song. And Anyhow I Love You by a guy called Guy Clark. He's deceased now, but he's an old school singer songwriter. And that whole that name rings such a bell, man. And that whole and that whole acoustic genre. I mean, sure. Guy Clark. He's really good. So I've, I've been I've been listening to some older stuff. Uh, I got some Ben Harper <clears throat> the other day. You cannot go wrong with Ben And it Harper. was not like the, the, the you know, Steal My Kisses. It, like, I got, uh, you remember when we were doing burn the show at Ground on down, 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 and like, down. dude, like, I, I got into uh, Diamonds on the Inside CD That's the other day, song. and I, was, I found it in my truck. I was like, yeah, I'm going to play five straight of these. I'm going to blow your mind real quick with who I've been listening to before I, I wrap up my, my song stuff. Okay. I think it's an album from 2006. Talk to me. And, and when you, it's an, actually an, a comedy Americana album. By none other, none other than Rick Moranis. What? It is fantastic. Really? Yes. It's it's called the Agoraph- Agoraphobic Cowboy, <laughs> the name of the album, and it was nominated for a Grammy for really? like best comedy album. But it is it's so good, and it's on Spotify. But uh, I gotta check this out. He has it's a song. There's a song called Nine More Gallons, and he talks about all the things he's short and like so like the blah 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 blah. He talked about nine more gallons. I'd have a hat, you know. It's 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 pretty, it, it's okay. It's a good. It's a really good album. But you should check it out, Rick Moranis. I've been I've been listening. Uh-huh. Pull well, it up at work tomorrow. Yeah, we got sure. a slow day. Yeah, <laughs> I hope. Hopefully for Tupelo's yeah. sake, y'all will. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, uh, it's been good catching up with you tonight. Dude, it's so good. It, it's we're gonna do it before too long. You know, football season coming up, baseball season kind of winding down. The summer kind of slowly but surely fading. High out, school unfortunately. football coming up. High school football yep. starting up. It's going to be a really good time coming forward for all the area. It's a it's a Brian big. Brian and I got a surprise for you in the next couple of weeks. We're not going to tell you what it is, but uh, you'll find out soon. Yeah, and, and before long, we're going to have some football coaches on to talk yes. about some things they got going on, some preview yes. specials. We got some big things coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, as you're uh, as you're kind of winding your summer down and all that, uh, make sure you're safe. I've been driving on the roads, yeah. Mac. And I do want to say this. The holiday season was kind of a rough for a lot of folks in the area. Sure. Um, I have to say this. Uh, some things have happened in my peripheral friends group and family and stuff like that. Don't text and drive. Please don't. Don't text and drive. Um, it's really easy to uh, get distracted enough while you're eating, while you're drinking, while you're playing with your, your radio, yes. all that stuff, while you're talking to somebody on the phone. But let's, let's worry about the, the text and the tweet and stuff later. I'm guilty as charged. I'm Same guilty here. as charged. But uh, the rest of the summer and as school's getting ready to get back in, we want everybody to get there safely. So make sure make sure you don't text and drive. Going to Hattiesburg next weekend, state tournament. So wish us luck. Yeah, I'm, I think y'all got a good shot, right? I mean, it's, it's up, wide for, it's up for grabs this year. It is absolutely wide open. It's going to be whoever plays the best next weekend. So. Hammer, Hammer going to be there? Hammer going to be there. I like your chances. I do, too. I like your chances. Well, man, and, and, and our other guys are starting to kind of fill some roles, and we've got other guys who are really swinging the bat wheel. So, got a couple games this weekend. We're going to really try to fine-tune some things, fine-tune our pitching staff. That's cool. It's going to be good. That's awesome. I want to tell you something. Uh, McKinley doesn't know this, but here in a couple weeks when it slows down, he and I are going to go play golf at Bel Air. 
in. And uh, we're going to have the best time ever. And uh, we're probably going to make a funny wager. Say less. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> uh, also, folks, tomorrow night, and by the time you listen to this, it'll be past the remake of my childhood favorite movie comes out in theaters, The Lion King. Yeah. Make sure you go Check see that. Out. Yeah. I went and watched Spider-Man. It was great. Was it really? It was good. It was really good. That's yeah. awesome. It was good. Well, be safe out there, folks, and uh, make sure you check us out uh, on Twitter and, and on Instagram. Mac, what are those things? You know those. At the Happening Pod and at Happening Pod. Okay. Perfect. You will find us. We retweet them. We regram them, story them, all that stuff. Uh, chime in if you'd like to. We'd love to hear what you'd like to talk about. Until next time, Brian, always good seeing you. Folks, we will catch you later. Thanks for listening to The Happening Podcast.